Welcome to the Homes by the Guzman Real Estate Podcast. Your one-stop shop for relevant real estate information that will help you navigate through today's real estate market. Hey everyone, welcome to my Homes by the Guzman Real Estate Podcast. Thank you so much everybody for taking the time to go ahead and tune in. So whether you're at the gym, you're at home bored or you're on your way to work, I hope that this podcast can add value to your life. So let me go ahead and hop straight into what this podcast is about. I'm just here to really help you navigate through today's real estate market. There's a lot of moving pieces in a real estate transaction and it's so important that you guys know exactly every single step of the way of what's going to happen. So when that time does come, so whether you're looking to purchase or sell in a month, six months, a year or never, you'll have those tools available to you because let's be honest here, they didn't really teach us this in high school or college. So um, I'm here to be that value that will be added to your guys' family's life. So with that being said, um, I'm going to hop straight into it and talk about what we're going to discuss today. So with that being said, um, the topics that we're going to discuss today is the rent versus buy. I want to talk about you know what is the correct answer to that. I know a lot of renters say don't buy and buyers say don't rent and you know honestly um, there's just no correct answer so I'm going to be going over the rent versus buy debate I'm going to be talking about what house hacking is really and how you can leverage home ownership to your benefit as a millennial and also I want to really specific my military friends and family and let them know how can you pursue building wealth with home ownership despite being in the military and dealing with deployments, um, PCSs, and that sort of thing. So let me go ahead and rewind it back to the rent versus buy debate, right? Everyone says that, okay, if you're a renter, you know what, you should be buying because you don't want to be paying anyone else's mortgage and that sort of thing. And although that is true, that isn't true for everyone's situation, right? Everyone has a different situation, whether it's the kids growing up, whether it's your financial situation, whether it may be um, job, education, I don't know, right? Everyone has a different situation. So really take the time to evaluate all of the different items that I talk about today and then look at your family situation and really see if homeownership or renting is the best route to go, okay? And I will always, always, always recommend that you get in contact with the mortgage professional and see what exactly you qualify with, right? Let's go over your expenses, let's go over your obligations, and let's see exactly if you are in a position to purchase a home or if maybe you may want to rent, that sort of thing. But you won't really know what is the right path to go until you sit down with the mortgage professional and you weigh that out, okay? So let's hop straight into what the pros and the cons of renting are, and then I'm going to go ahead and kind of elaborate on every little bit of it, okay? So we're going to go ahead and start with the pros of renting. So the main three pros of renting typically is, one, having the mobility to just go ahead and move, um, and also the landlord is typically responsible for repairs, so let's say you know accountability, and then also the cost of home ownership may be lower. I mean, the cost of um, overall living, excuse me. So let me go ahead and, and extrapolate a little bit as far as what the pros may be in, in the different items that I talked about. So mobility. Um, we always talk about, you know, moving on, maybe making sound investments. I don't know. If you're an entrepreneur and you want to move every few years, or let's say, um, your job requires you to travel all the time, then you know what? Having that mobility is definitely something that um, is important to you in your daily life. So by renting, you have that that flexibility to have a year lease, six-month lease, three-month lease, month-to-month. It all depends of who your landlord is and what you agree on the lease agreement and that sort of thing. So mobility is super important, right? And 
If you are that type to have different careers, if you're that type to, you know, have different hobbies and you just want to get up and terminate your lease and go travel the world, then, you know, renting is definitely um, something for you as far as the mobility respect. Now, when we go ahead and we talk about the landlord is responsible for repairs, so many times um, since, you know, you're, you're a tenant, the landlord is responsible for repairing certain items in your home. So like, let's say your AC goes out. Well, you know what? Now it's not up to you to file an insurance claim or repair it. It's up to the landlord to go ahead and make that repair. Now, if you're out there partying and you, you break something, then yes, it's going to be um, taking out your security deposit or depending on whatever your lease agreement says, you may be liable. But the point is a majority of the items that's in your house is going to be up to the landlord for them to fix, right? And so with that being said, if it seems like everything's falling apart, then the cost of home ownership or the cost of living, excuse me, may be lower, but that varies you know, property to property and that sort of thing. Now, that's just a quick little snapshot on the pros. I really want to take a moment to discuss the cons. So as far as the cons, let's go ahead and listen to this, okay? So you always hear the topics of you're paying somebody else's mortgage, which is very true. Um, you miss out on the loan pay down and the appreciation respect. And then lastly, you're subject to rent increases. So let me explain. So let's start with you're paying somebody else's mortgages. So regardless whether you're a homeowner homeowner or you're a renter, excuse me, you're going to be paying somebody's mortgage, right? You are paying someone else's investment off. And that's okay. You can if if your situation doesn't allow you to purchase, that's perfectly fine. But just keep that in mind that a mortgage is getting paid off regardless. Now, when we talk about how do people usually accrue wealth through home ownership, it's typically through these two main things, being the loan pay down and appreciation, right? And a good example that I like to use here in the Antelope Valley is Roseman, California, um, and the whole Antelope Valley as a whole. But we're going to use Roseman specifically because a lot of my listeners here are from Edwards Air Force Base and are familiar with the Roseman prices. So on average, for the past two years, Roseman has at least gone up over 10% um, according to the Greater Antelope Valley Association of Realtors. And what that's, what does that mean exactly? Well, let's say you bought a home for 200000 a three-bedroom, two-bath, and it's gone up 10%. Then you look, you do the math there, and you're looking at around 20000 appreciation in equity. So, I mean, you, you think about that, and it's like, wow, if just, just to own a home, if, I, if I'm paying 200000 then my monthly payment could be around 1300 and you know what? Now I've gone $20,000 up in equity because of appreciation. And at the same time, I'm paying down that loan. So that's really how people are accruing wealth. Now, if you are a renter, you would just be paying the monthly payment and you wouldn't see any appreciation. You wouldn't see a loan pay down and that sort of thing. It would just honestly go into thin air. So now the next moment or next part, excuse me, I want to talk about was you're subject to rent increases. So you know that I just talked about appreciation um, with Roseman and that sort of thing. And you say, okay, you know what? Well, I, I have a pretty good rent right now. You know, rent's still low for me. Well, typically when you see a, a, a appreciation in um, home prices, you see a rental increase and it's just, that's how it usually works. Um, a very good example is you see the cost of living is or is super high to buy property down in Los Angeles and you see, okay, you know what? The rental rates are out the roof. And for those people that have been living in Roseman for the past two, three years, you've probably noticed um, your rent has gone up a few hundred dollars or you're starting to go on Zillow or Trulia or whatever you use to go look at homes and you've noticed that, you know what? The same three bedroom, two bath that you've been renting for the past two years or three years is actually renting for a little bit higher due to 
um, appreciation in the market, right, with home values, because typically um, the rental rates sort of fluctuate and and go in tandem with the the um, appreciation of home prices. So, you know, think about it. When home prices were very low, so were rental prices and that sort of thing. And this, of course, varies tremendously. Um, you know, local market, the local market. So whatever I say is going on in Roseman may not really be applicable in, I don't know, West Virginia. So really make sure that you're looking at your local market conditions when you're weighing out the options versus renting versus buying. And that's something that I really want to stress. Everything that I'm talking about so far is is going to be national averages. I'm going to be talking about some local market stuff. So what can be actually occurring on a national level may not be occurring to that extreme on in your local market. Whatever may be happening in my local market may not be happening in the local market that you're looking to move to. So if you want to move to Texas and you're thinking about buying in Texas, then you know your local market may be very different than Roseman or your local market may be very different than um, LA. So just keep that in mind. So let's go ahead to recap the, the pros and cons of renting is honestly look at your work condition, right? Are you looking to change jobs anytime soon? Does your job require you to travel all the time? How often do you need to be um, ready to go and have, how do you have the flexibility to go ahead and change careers and move out of your current residence ASAP, right? So those are some things you're going to have to keep in mind. If you are a renter, you know what? Well, you're the landlord is responsible for many of the repairs. Um, your, your cost of living may be lower because you don't have to deal with those repairs, but I'll get into that later. And, you know, you're, you're paying someone else's mortgage. You may miss out on building wealth through loan pay down and appreciation. And just like I said, keep in mind that local markets are key. So make sure you contact your local real estate agent to let you know exactly what's going on in that area. And then also, if you're a renter, you're always subject to rent increases. I mean, um, I currently um, rent rent a place, and they've increased the rent around two hundred dollars in the past year. My own an investment property down in Las Vegas, and you know I've had to increase the rent there as well. So that's just a little side note. But anyway, let's get back onto the podcast, and I want to talk about the home ownership. Um, respect of everything now okay so i'm going to talk about the pros of home ownership and then i'm going to go over the cons and then of course i'm going to extrapolate on everything that i talked about okay so the pros of home ownership are these main things is the it's one it's by far one of the largest generator of wealth um it's you know due to appreciation you also have fixed payments considering you're on a 30-year fixed and this is also something you can call yours so let me go ahead and talk about that so it is by far one of the largest generators of wealth. Now, I know some of you guys are going to go ahead and say, well, what if I put in, you know, $50,000 into Bitcoin when it was at $100? Well, you know what? You're very right. You win that battle. Okay, touche. But for a majority of Americans, um, one of the largest generators of wealth is having a home. And according to the National Association of Realtors Chief Economist Lawrence Yun, in 2016, he, pres- he practically um, predicted that the net worth gap between renters and homeowners was around 45 times greater. And like I said, um, in the past, that's just practically due to appreciation, um, loan pay down, and that sort of thing. When you're a renter, the, the rent just goes into thin air. But if you're a homeowner, you know, you pay down the loan, you get the appreciation, and that slowly snowballs and snowballs and snowballs. And by the time you get to the end of your lifetime, or you know, you have kids, you have that extra wealth to pay for education or whatever the case may be, make more sound investments, take out a home equity loan, whatever your heart desires, right? And so you have the benefits of loan pay down and appreciation. And then another thing that's very advantageous to being a homeowner 
is the fixed payments, right? I know many homeowners that live in Rosemont, California, I'm going to keep using that as our example, where they bought a home a couple years ago, um, a three-bedroom, two-bath, and their average monthly payment is around $1,100, right? $1,100 to $1,300, depending on their interest rates and that sort of thing, how much they put down. And now, these same three-bedroom, two-baths in today's market is renting for around sixteen, seventeen hundred dollars and that's just because of the fact that because right home price is appreciated and therefore the landlords can go ahead and up the rental rates and people are going to pay it because you know if you're a renter you don't really have a choice you're just going to be able to rent whatever's available and if everything's available is the higher rate and you need to be at a home in that location for your family or close to work that sort of thing you're going to have to go ahead and compromise and pay that rate but if you had bought in a home then that's a fixed payment for you to have and that's never going to change unless you have like an adjustable rate mortgage or something like that and of course, lastly, everyone's favorite is something that you can call yours, right? If you want to go ahead and paint your house purple, then you can go ahead and paint your house purple, right? If you want to get, um, I don't know, if you want to build a backyard awning, then you can go ahead and build a backyard awning, right? So it's something that you can call yours and everyone loves to go ahead and, you know, do that. I mean, think about it. When you go on HGTV and you watch these episodes, you see the wife saying, I want this kitchen. I want this. I want that. You see the husband saying, I want a big garage for my cars. And you can go ahead and have the flexibility to do those types of things and those renovations because this home is yours. You don't have to wait for a landlord to approve something, right? But of course, everything depends on your situation and what you want. Now, I'm going to go ahead and talk about the cons, right? Because I know a lot of times you hear realtors say, you know what, if you're renting, you're wasting money. Well, the fact of the matter is, it's not that you just like to waste money or, you know, you're just against home ownership, but everyone's you know, situation is different. And I think that should definitely be noted. So I'm going to go ahead and talk about the cons. So the cons here, the main one is commitment, right? And I want to go ahead and clear the water because a lot of people think that when you buy a home that... This is the home that you're going to live for for the next 30 years. And the fact of the matter is that just isn't true. I mean, according to National Association of Realtors, the average time a homeowner will live in a home before selling is about 10 years. Now, of course, this differs local market to local market, but the average is 10 years, right? And you think about it, 10 years is typically um, a good time for people to live in a home because their kids grow up, they move out, or maybe it's 10 years to build yourself up with the company before you build your resume and moving. It's, it's just, that's the perfect time. But of course, like I said, it's a con because of the fact that to some, commitment cannot be a good thing, right? If you need to go ahead and move your job or you need to just leave the area because you just you're just sick of it three years later then you know you're gonna have to worry then about getting a landlord or i mean not a landlord excuse me a property manager um maybe possibly selling it that sort of thing so commitment is always something there so i know with renting a plus is mobility and for a con of home ownership is commitment so like i said make sure to evaluate your family situation so we can go ahead and see exactly how this fits in your family's particular situation and if it works out it works out and if not then you know you can weigh out your options now one another con that a lot of people like to talk to me about and say hey Alex well I'm responsible for if something goes out right I'm responsible if my AC goes out or I'm responsible if my water pipe goes out or I have a plumbing issue well you know what that is very true you definitely are responsible um, and you know that's why you have to always make sure you do your due diligence though of how to combat the um, the possibility of having those issues. Now, let me explain. Um, when you purchase a home, 
right? You don't just shake hands and you high five and you give them money and that's it. No, um, you you as yourself have numerous times to do due diligence on the property to make sure that what you're buying is in that is in good condition or in a, you know a condition that you accept, and you can sort of um, plan like that. So what I mean by that is that when you start looking for a home, right, you're going to view the home with your agent. He's, he or she is going to use their expertise to let you know some things that they've seen in their experience of what, you know, to make note of. You yourself might be a handyman and you might be able to see some stuff that you may take note of. And then, you know, as this goes on, typically a standard business practice in the real estate world is you, the buyer will obtain um, home warranty. So if something was to go out within that first year, like let's say the AC goes out and your home warranty plan covers it, then you could just pay the deductible, whatever that plan covers, and then you'll get a new AC unit as compared to having to buy everything new cash. And then sometimes you also have, you know, insurance that'll cover certain things. So it all depends, you know, home warranty plans vary. Um, home insurance plan varies, negotiation varies, but the point is you could definitely minimize the risk of you having to pay something large out of pocket by getting a good home warranty plan during the escrow process, taking advantage of home home insurance if you need to, and that's how you can really, you know, offset the cost in the event that was to happen. So if you're doing your due diligence as a realtor, if you're doing your due diligence as a as a buyer, if you're doing your due diligence of choosing a good home warranty and home insurance plan, you can definitely mitigate a lot of those risks by going ahead and taking advantage of those programs and those those methods. So, you know, responsibility isn't always, you know, sh- or shouldn't be the biggest fear, right? And of course, you just have to be more responsible. I mean, you're going to be having a mortgage. So some people just don't like that and they just like the convenience of renting, but that's really so far um, renting and versus home ownership. So, you know, with home ownership, you have the ability to go ahead and generate more wealth, but you have a little bit more responsibility. I mean, it's statistically proven that homeowners are more wealthy than renters. I mean, of course, you're going to go ahead and say, Alex, I know one person that invested all his money into Bitcoin. Yeah, I got it. You win that one. Okay. I'm just saying most likely that it's 45 times more greater that, you know, a homeowner will be more wealthy than a renter. That's just what statistics show, right? So now that I've gone over homeownership and renting, the pros and the cons, I sort of um, extrapolated on all of that. I really want to talk about house hacking for millennials. And as far as something that's a, a little bit of a trend, I've I saw this on Bigger's Pockets, and I just thought it was just so interesting and it's very true because I know some of my clients have done this before and it's, it works tremendously. So. House hacking is a concept where you buy a primary residence and then you rent out the other rooms um, as long as you're occupying it as a primary residence. You don't want to just buy as a primary residence and then just leave and turn into investment property. That's sort of mortgage fraud. But anyway, um, and just as a quick disclaimer, you always want to make sure that you verify with your mortgage loan officer and your lending agency as far as, okay, what are the stipulations with having roommates in accordance with my loan? Okay, so I make that disclaimer there. But... Typically with house hunting, what happens is this is this is the the thought process behind it, right? So let's say if you have three friends, right? You and two other friends, and you guys all want to split a house for fifteen hundred dollars and you just want to go rent, right? You guys will go all move in together and you'll all split the rent and boom, there you go. You are now roommates splitting a fifteen hundred dollar rent. But what house hacking is, is now let's say you qualify to buy that home, right? That is worth $1,500 a month. 
Well, typically what happens is one individual says, hey, you know what? I want to go ahead and purchase a home for myself. He or she then purchases the home and now they own the home. And then let's say you have that three, that same, excuse me, same three bedroom, two bath home and you rent it out. Well, good. Now those roommates that are splitting the rent are actually paying off your mortgage and then you're banking that extra cash. So not only does everybody still pay a little bit of um, a lower let's say, quote-unquote, rent because you're splitting it three ways, whoever's owning the property is actually um, owning the home and they're building equity and, and that those monthly payments are just going towards the loan pay down. And then, of course, you're getting appreciation depending on your local market and everything. So that's what typically what house hacking is. The whole concept practically means is that you just become a landlord realistically because you own the home and it's a good way for your roommates to cover your mortgage while living with your friends. So everybody wins as long as you're not being ridiculous and you're like raising the rent every month or something like that. So as long as you're being a fair landlord, you have good roommates, those sort of thing. The roommates really help offset your your rent, your overall quote-unquote month-to-month rent, and they're paying off your mortgage. So that's always, you know, a good thing. And that's a good way of how millennials have been doing it. Because, I mean, let's be honest here. A lot of us are renting with our friends anyway. A lot of us are living with two or three roommates. So if one person ends up purchasing because they have home ownership on their mind, then they can go ahead and rent it out. And then in the future, they can either refinance and turn into an investment property or, you know, if they're, they're, contract says that they can vacate the premises within four years and then they can turn into investment property. I don't know. It just depends on what your contract says. So make sure to verify with your lender. But this is a good way of how people have been turning their primary residence into an investment property. And then as far as tax implications, I'm not a tax consultant. So um, definitely contact your tax advisor as far as how that would play a factor into um, house hacking. Excuse me. So that's really it as far as house hacking. And the last topic that I wanted to talk about was military PCSs. So I have a lot of friends and family that are in the military. They typically deal with PCSs. And if you're not already familiar with the military, uh, PCS stands for a permanent change of station. And this is practically just a fancy term of saying, okay, you know what? I've done four to five years at Edwards Air Force Base. Now I'm going to move to Minot or something like that, right? I'm going to go to North Dakota. It's practically just a fancy term saying, hey, you know what? My tour here is done in this state. I'm going to this state. And so I have a lot of military members that have a lot of cash because they saved it with their friends. They've gone on on a deployment and just saved money. And they're like, hey, Alex, how can I start building wealth as a military member by homeownership? But how am I going to handle PCSs? How am I going to, you know, handle all of that? Is it even possible to have home ownership um, on my radar, right? Due, because of due to the PCSs and the risk of moving and all of that. My answer to you is yes. Now, of course, it's going to be are you ready for the responsibility? Because it is sometimes a little stressful balancing the military life and then being a landlord and that sort of thing. But I'm going to go ahead and give you the tips of how to offset that stress and really build wealth as you PCS at the same time as you know being risk adverse. So let's go ahead and do a little playbook here, okay? So let's say you move to Edwards Air Force Base and you get a certain BAH, right? Let's say your BAH for a staff sergeant right now with dependents, I believe it's like around twelve to 1300 right? So you could always purchase a home and you can go ahead and rent out the other rooms, right? You can use your BAH to purchase a home and because typically we actually qualify for a good amount 
um, if you as long as your debt to income ratio is good and that sort of thing. But use your BAH benefits to see how much you can qualify for, right? Now, let's say you qualify for a good amount, right? For an average three-bedroom, two-bath home here in the Antelope Valley. Then what can you do? You go ahead, you get that pre-approval, you start looking for a home, and then you buy a home. Right after you buy a home, then you'll be good to go, and then you can start renting out the rest of the other rooms based just like I explained earlier with house hacking. And after you do that, what's next? Well, what's next is that let's fast forward. Let's say you go ahead and it's time to PCS, right? You're already four or five years into your home, you've been building equity, you've been splitting the rent for four to five years. Think about how much cash you've probably saved up over the years. It's a snowball effect, right? This isn't this isn't a Bitcoin, you put it in and you just goes up. This is a snowball effect. So let's say you have that, right? You're getting your cash flow, you got your appreciation, good to go. You get orders, say good, you're going to North Dakota. Okay, perfect. So what do you do at this time? You typically have two options. You have one, you either you know, sell the home, and hopefully if you got a good amount of appreciation and loan pay down, then after you factor in closing costs and realtor fees, you'll still have a capital net gain. But typically what a lot of military members have been doing that I've seen in my past, in my career, and also I've experienced by just talking to a lot of them is that they just turn it into an investment property because according to military.com, that's actually something that you could do. And of course, verify this with your lender. But as long as you bought the property and you intended to use it as your primary residence and then you ended up PCSing due to military obligations, they can't just force you to sell the home. So, you know, typically what happens is they turn their home into a rental. So they hire a property manager that practically um, goes ahead and they say, hey, you know what? Um, I'll go ahead and manage your property while you're gone to help advertise it. They'll put it on the MLS. They'll put it on Zillow. They'll put it on wherever. And then they'll advertise the property and they'll manage it for you while you're gone. So think about it like this. You've lived in the property for four to five years. Okay. You built up the equity. You built up all of that. You're good to go. And then you get orders. Now you get orders. You hire a property manager. And now you're living in North Dakota with one investment property under your belt. And then since now this is an investment property and you're getting cash flow from it, you can end up using a portion of that towards your new home. And now you have two homes, right, in North Dakota. Now you have a home in North Dakota and then one at Edwards Air Force Base. And then you, you rinse and you repeat the same process. And over time, you PCS again. Boom. You have a third home. And I, I met this master sergeant um, that did this. And he has four investment properties under his belt so far over the course of his you know, career. And this doesn't factor in, you know, let's say he gets a six month deployment to Afghanistan and he wants to save all that money and then come back and buy an investment property in Wyoming. I've seen people who have done that as well. So the point of the story is, is that um, you can definitely still leverage your PCSs and build wealth and hire property management and use your resources to go ahead and get into real estate even though you have PCSs and deployments. So it's definitely not a thing out of the question. You practically just get the same concept of house hacking and you apply it towards PCSs, right? You can advertise your home for rent on yard sale pages, whether it's the local area. You can also um, go ahead and put it on base pages, Zillow, Trulia, all these other resources where, you know what, you should be able to find a good quality tenant as long as you're not, know discriminating or you um, are not overpricing it or your house is in poor condition or anything like that you'll find a tenant most likely 
because you know, on average, I believe the home ownership rate in the Antelope Valley is around 60%. So um, that means, you know, 40% of people are looking for a rental. So, I mean, think about that. You choose a number one to 10, chances are you're, you're going to hit something sooner or later. So, but the point of it is, is if you're in the military and you're looking to build, buy real estate, whether it's in California, you know, Wyoming, North Dakota, Florida, wherever, wherever your heart desires, Texas, just know that it's doable. Just know that it's, it's not something that's out of the question that you have to wait until you separate. Because remember, this is a snowball effect. Utilize that BAH and leverage it toward your investment. Now, of course, if you don't have any renters or anything like that, then yes, you're going to be covering the payment. Or if something breaks in your house, you're going to have to cover the payment. But if you follow the steps that I said as far as being diligent, you know, with your home inspection, making sure your realtor went the extra mile, making sure you get a good home warranty, making sure you screen your tenants um, as applicable, making sure that you buy a home that isn't too you know, too high above your BH and let's say you need to put in some of your own cash from your regular check um, that you're not going to be underwater. You make sure you get a fix. You make sure you have a good property manager. You make sure you buy in a good location. You follow all those things and you're going to have a sound investment, right? And that's just how it goes. Now, of course, the market can always fluctuate and I do have to disclose that. But keep in mind, this is how people are building wealth and buying investment properties and going up the investment ladder. Nobody just buys a $700,000 home. They practically start with a couple hundred thousand dollars. They build up the equity. They get a pay raise. They progress in life. They sell. They reinvest the profits and they rinse and repeat until they get to the very end. And then by the time you know they're in their their 50s and their kids are in college then what a lot of family members do is they say you know what i don't need to live in this big home anymore let's go ahead and downsize they downsize their home they have all this extra capital gains that they can give towards their kids for the help with their college or maybe help their kids start up um i don't know their own little business or whatever the case may be the point is there's so many different types of things that you could do with your life for your family by by practically leveraging the power of real estate and, and wealth and cash flow and that sort of thing to help your family reach their goals. And then also just keep in mind at the very end too, right? I, I know I've been really harping about the benefits of home ownership, but I also want to make note that don't let anyone force you into home ownership. Don't let anyone say, hey, you know what? Home ownership is the only way to go because, you know, the reality is it's not um, for some people in their situations. You want to really make sure that you, you just use everything that I talked about today to go ahead and see how it fits with your family's position. Okay, so let me go ahead and recap everything. I know I just went on my little um, my little soapbox, but I just want to leave everybody with this note. We talked about the renting, the pros and the cons. We talked about home ownership, the pros and the cons. We talked about house hacking of how to, you know, ha- house hack in today's generation. We talked about military PCSs and how you could build wealth despite you needing to constantly move and how to leverage BAH to build wealth. We talked about all those things. And the most important thing that I want you to all take away from this podcast is this, is that home ownership and renting is totally dependent on your family's situation. It's totally dependent on your family's goals, on your current you know job situation as far as your family situation so there's no silver bullet into which one is better both of them has their pros and their cons both of them has extensive research as far as you know what's quote-unquote better but the most important thing is is to note what's important on both situations 
on all scenarios and see exactly how does it fit your family situation and is it the best decision to rent or to buy at this time? Is it the best decision to house act? Is it the best decision to purchase as IPCS? Use all this information to help you plan with your family moving forward. Okay. And if you guys happen to have any questions at all, you can always, you know, send me a text at 714-655-9910. You can follow me on Facebook at facebook.com slash homes by the Guzman. You can send me an email at homes by the Guzman at gmail.com and I'll get you your answers. So with that being said, I just want to say thank you so much everyone for tuning into this podcast. I hope that I was able to add value to your life. I was hope I was out able to add value to your real estate knowledge and I definitely look forward to um, continuing to add value to you guys every single week. I look forward to assisting you all and thank you so much for tuning in. Awesome. See you guys around.